Welcome to Mama Soul's Wisdom I Am Love Movement Podcast, the place where you will learn how to build a five-dimensional family through decades of experience, where the core values are learning what is possible through love and acceptance and knowing how to do right by your family. We'll assist in the growth of you and the ones you love. success outside the home that will ever compensate for the failure inside of your home. Now, introducing the host of the I Am Love Movement Podcast, the one and only Mama Soul Wisdom. Loretta, do you mind if I pray before we start? Please. Okay. Lord, I just thank you right now for this call that we're about to do. I pray that it would reach out and touch hearts and change lives. And the message that Loretta is putting out there, that you would use it, Lord. It's a positive message. It's a godly message. It's a a message that's well needed where we are today. I believe that you placed this on her heart, that she's following not just her heart, but she's following your heart. And I pray for the airways, Lord God. I know that the Bible says that the God of this world wants to hinder everything that we do for you. But at the same time, you are the God of the earth. You said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And Lord God, we both belong to you. The people that we're trying to reach belong to you. And we bind anything that would bring an interference so that this would go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. Hello, beautiful souls. Do you want to live your life by design and not by default? Do you want to belong to a movement bigger than yourself? If you want to go from victimhood to victory for yourself and your families, then fearlessness is our battle cry, and it all starts with self-love and acceptance. My name is Loretta Wetzel, also known as Mama Soul Wisdom, founder of the I Am Love Movement. I created this podcast for individuals and families, both traditional and non-traditional. As human beings, we are all a hot mess. So I share everything I've learned through old school wisdom for a new generation so you can live your biggest and best life. Let's end the conversation of suffering and pain and live into a conversation that includes abundance, prosperity, and love. Now, there are four key principles you will hear a flavor of in my podcast. Number one, self-love and acceptance. It all starts here. What does self-love and acceptance mean to you? How would you define that? For me, it is being at peace with myself. For others, it may mean your own well-being and happiness. It can also mean taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being just to please others. Self-love means not settling for less than you deserve, 
and we all deserve abundance. Number two, we focus on families, traditional and non-traditional families, multicultural families, black families, white families, Asian and Hispanic, mixed families, families with young kids, teenagers, and adults. I have a question to ask you. What is the state of the union on families in America today? Well, in order to answer that question, ask yourself, what do kids see grown folks do? What behavior are they observing? If you watch the news, the social media feeds, the YouTube channels, listen to the music, in many cases, it is not a very pretty picture. So who's going to do something about that? We all have to look in the mirror and seek support where needed. Number three, connectivity. I am you and you are me. We bleed the same. We have similar hopes, dreams, fears, and aspirations. It is time we stand as light warriors, sharing our light as leaders, that we are meant to be individually, in our families, our communities, and with our global neighbors. And the fourth principle is conversation for humanity. Understand together, we are never alone. And I ask that we become curiously engaged with people who don't look like you, think like you, or talk like you. Diversity is beautiful if you look for the beauty. If you look for the ugly, well, that's what you will surely find. Now, for today's old school wisdom saying for a new generation, success is an inner game. Take care of that first. You know what? You can have all the trappings of success a family, a nice job, a professional career, nice home, a nice car and clothes. But if you are unhappy on the inside and you choose to do nothing about it, make no mistake, you are headed for trouble. One day you may not even see it coming and your life will fall apart so quickly, you may wonder, what happened? Your power, my beautiful souls, comes from your mindset and your ability to choose, not from what other people tell you to do, but the choice that you make and the ability to accept complete responsibility for it. Today, we're going to talk about overcoming tragedy through mindset with someone today who is very near and dear to my heart, Mr. Ron Williams. Coach Ron Williams is the seven-time winner of Mr. Natural Universe, Natural Olympia, and Mr. Natural World. Now I want you to just meditate on that a little bit. It's not often that you meet a seven-time winner. Let me tell you what else this amazing human being does. Coach Ron Williams is the sole recipient, that means he's the only one, to receive the prestigious Natural Bodybuilder of the Decade Award. 
He is the world's most decorated natural bodybuilder, and he uses biblical principles as a foundation to his success. Now, let me give you some additional background on Coach Ron Williams, because I tell you what, this brother is bad. For over 35 years, he has been a life fitness coach, a college professor of exercise physiology and nutrition. He is also, also an author of several books, including the bestseller and award-winning Faith and Fat Loss. I read that book. It was awesome. He's also written the, uh, the Ron Williams Champion Life Recipe book and Living for Jesus Naturally. Ron Williams was also inducted into the International Bodybuilders Hall of Fame in 2008, and he is a serial entrepreneur controlling several businesses worldwide. He is a nationally recognized inspirational and motivational speaker, and he empowers clients to reach their personal goals in four key areas faith, family, fitness, and finances. And to top it all off, oh, be still my heart. Coach Ron is also a pastor. I tell you what, I am so excited to have Mr. Ron Williams, or I should say Pastor Ron Williams, on my podcast, my I Am Love Movement podcast Coaches in the house, welcome, Ron Williams. How are you today? Loretta, thank you so much. I feel privileged to even be a part of what you're doing. So thank you. Well, listen, thank you. I, I tell you, I think more people, if they would just be able to realize what's possible for them in their lives, that they may make some different choices. So let's like jump into it. I want my listeners to know, I want them to hear how you overcame your previous life challenges and what you did to overcome them. Because I know some of us, we could have like a rough childhood. But when I heard your story, it was like, no, this was uh, uh, something that really no human being should really have to go through. So share with our listeners about how you triumphed over tragedy. Well, I was, as you were just saying that, I, you know, a thought ran through my mind, and it's very true, Loretta, that um, when you overcome something or when you've gone through something like I've gone through, either it completely destroys you or it does something to give you this deep uh, ability to, to dry and to overcome. And I, I sometimes call it pain or passion. And mine and all of my pain turned into a passion and it was the driving force. But the other thing was the mind. Um, I said this last week that the mind is the greatest blessing or the most catastrophic curse you could ever have. And uh, what, I'm, what I meant by that is wherever the body always follows the mind, wherever the mind goes, the body will, will follow. Like you'll never find yourself in a, a liquor store 
or picking up drugs unless the mind first gives the body permission. And that happens in every single instance in our life. Whatever you're doing, your mind gave you permission to do it. So I had to change the way that I think. And the reason why I was thinking the way I was thinking and getting the results that I was getting is because my mind, my first thought process or belief system was given to me. And until that changed, my life remained the same. Mm. So the power of choice, it can, your mind can be the greatest blessing or the worst curse out there. And, Absolutely. You, and you had to choose. So tell me, to, yeah, tell me more about that. Well, one thing is when you say choose, the choice, as long as my mind was the same, Loretta, the choice of how I responded was already made. Mm, <laughs> uh, mm. as, 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 as long as I think a certain way, feel a certain way, I'm going to act a certain way. All I need is a circumstance. If I'm hostile, if I'm angry, all I need is a situation to express that. If I'm filled with love, uh, the situation, you know, the answer will be different. I'm already pre-programmed with an answer, so it's a pre-programming that actually determines how you respond. And like you said, if you change your mind, if you change your mind, you'll change how you respond. So the circumstances that you came up in, and you know what? And everybody has circumstances, right? Sometimes they're yeah. positive, sometimes they're negative. But those negative circumstances and the triggers that that you constantly dealt with on a daily basis before it was a response of, hey, I'm about to throw down and fight, that that might have been it. And then you chose to do something different, like you changed your mindset. So the circumstances could be the same. You responded differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, give our listeners a little bit of your background. Like what? And so I know you went off to the military, but before then, tell us a little bit about what you went through um, in your childhood. Okay, um, one is growing up, and, and it'll explain why I thought the way I thought and why I responded the way I responded. Um, I was born and raised in the ghetto, and um, I was molested as a child for a lot of years. Uh, I was bounced around from one house to another, and um, you know, I was dropped, as I said, I was dropped off at a babysitter's house, and then uh, my parents never came back to pick me up. So I never had a, a real stable childhood. I don't remember having a toothbrush until I went into the military at 18 years old. And so there were certain things that I didn't learn that are normal and natural for every child. I didn't know, I didn't really learn how to communicate until I was after 28 years old. Um, I, business was the furthest thing I could ever think of. I was on the streets by the time I was 15 and uh, I was illiterate until I was 18. I learned to read by uh, reading the Bible. I always say God taught me how to read. But, yeah, so when I went into the military, the only reason I went into the military is because I thought I could get away from people, Loretta. The, um, the um, recruiter tricked me. He said, 
have you ever thought about uh, the military? I said, no, absolutely not. I really didn't want anybody telling me what to do. And then he said, uh, why not? I said, I don't want to be around people. He said, well, I'll tell you what, after basic training, we could just send you to Germany. I said, what? Germany? And I thought, man, I could get away from people. Mm. Well, I got on this huge plane, and they flew me all the way overseas to Germany. I got off the plane. I was sadly disappointed because people were over there, too. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So you thought he was smart, smart. like he wanted to get you enrolled. So let me me get this straight. You (laughs) were on the streets at 15. You didn't have a toothbrush till you were 18. You joined the military. You were illiterate. You didn't know how to read. You learned how to read by reading the Bible. And what age were you when you learned how to read? I was 28 years old. That's when I started my relationship with God. And by 35, I was writing books. And by 41, I became a college professor. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so uh, folks, if you think you got it rough, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. I want you to listen to Coach Ron Williams. He just laid out his past experience and he has been able to overcome by becoming a college professor and author of several books, mm, 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 mm. all with his relationship with God. That is so beautiful. Well, I don't have to, to, to I'm, I'm done. This is like mic drop right there, right? Because <laughs> I'm right, you chose to lean into love, love of the word, love of the Bible. Let me ask you a question. What was okay. it like for forgiveness? Like, were you, forgiveness. yes, were you able to forgive the people who raised you, even though you hit the street to 15? How did forgiveness play into your life? Forgiveness is a, is a tricky thing. Right now I'm writing a book on forgiveness because it is the most powerful thing that you can imagine because the unforgiveness, when the Bible tells us to forgive, uh, we don't realize that that unforgiveness actually uh, is it, it's so detrimental. Uh, unforgiveness leads you to a scarcity mindset. Unforgiveness affects every relationship in your life. Unforgiveness affects your health. You know, uh, it releases cortisol. Unforgiveness by itself can make you fat and overweight. Um, And all of the scientific background of unforgiveness and all that it does, uh, your your, your whole outlook, the scarcity outlook, you can't prosper in business very well with unforgiveness. But the thing about it is unforgiveness breeds hatred, Mm. and hatred breeds violence and uh, as long as you have that unforgiveness, regardless of who the unforgiveness is for, it remains inside of you, and it doesn't affect the other person. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies because of it. Uh, unforgiveness is a horrible, horrible thing, and sometimes it feels good to be angry with someone. And But when you understand what unforgiveness does, you have no choice but to release it 
and give it to God. But Loretta, the thing about me is what I was unforgiven for was bigger than me. It was more than I was capable of doing. So God had to give me his forgiveness. You know, I'm so glad we're having this conversation about forgiveness and unforgiveness because I've you know, I've met people who they seem locked up in on the inside. And I've noticed yeah. the correlation with having multiple health challenges. But I never thought about the other areas that you just mentioned, particularly the scarcity mindset. If you're in business for yourself, you want to live from a place of prosperity and abundance, not scarcity. So it affects every area of your life, your mental, your physical, your emotional, all of it. If you choose to hold on to the justification that I'm right and the other person is wrong, and therefore I'm going to choose to hold on to the unforgiveness. But the wear and tear on your mental space in the body, it's it takes quite a toll. It really does. It actually confines you. If I go into business with you and you do me wrong, and because you did me wrong, I go into the next business relationship. If I don't forgive you for that, I automatically prejudge this other person. I say, Loretta did this to me. I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to get them first, or I'm going to cut this relationship off before it happens. I'm not going to trust them. And they begin to feel that. And that person, uh, see, nowadays, when you do business, I do business because I like the person that I'm doing business with. Yes. And if you don't like that person, why in the world would you ever do business with them? Mm-hmm. If they're angry, if they're upset, that's going to affect how much I even want to spend time with you. Bad vibes, <laughs> bad vibes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, wow. Okay. So let me just piggyback on that a little bit in terms of what are the most valuable life lessons that you have learned? The most valuable life lessons. I'm going to just ring, just run a few off the top of my head. One is I learned that pain doesn't have to be an enemy. It can be your best friend. Uh, I learned that the power of forgiveness can change a life. I learned that, um, that love conquers all. Love conquers all. And I learned to forgive before I get offended. I believe that a huge part of the population, they're going to miss out because of offenses. Um, so those are a few. I want to uh, I want to meditate a little bit on that last one. The uh, say that again. You learn to forgive before you become offended. Yes, I learn to forgive before I am offended, because there's a see, and this is all a part of my mindset. Um, I learn to forgive before I'm offended. See, the offense itself, if somebody brings an offense towards you, 
it doesn't affect you if you're not offended. Like you said earlier, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. You can do something against me, but I can choose whether I'm offended or not. Well, there's a scripture that says that um, um, it talks about the persecution that that offenses will come, but woe unto those who the offenses come by. If a man lives godly, he shall suffer persecution. So if I live godly and I do the very best I can to be godly, then I should in, I should expect people to bring offenses against me because I'm living godly. It comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, if I get offended, my relationship with God is hindered because now he said, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. Now, if I walk in an offense, I'm offended. I've hindered my relationship with God. Nobody is worth that. So in the morning when I get up, I say, God, today I'm going to live a godly life. And you said, if a man live godly, he shall suffer persecution. So persecution is going to come against me. Offense is going to come, come against me. I forgive ahead of time. This is part of your plan. And when I forgive and I'm not offended, it shows my spiritual growth. It shows that I see the other person is hurting, and the offense that's coming out of them is only a part of them. So I forgive them ahead of time. They're a tool to help me reach my spiritual goals in life. Okay, Coach, that takes mental <laughs> discipline. That takes mental discipline. I tell you, because I'm listening to you and, and – um, Another one of my business colleagues shared the other day with me, and um, she said, there's a stimulus and there's a response, but in between the stimulus and response, there's a gap. And so what you do in that gap uh, affects how you respond. And so I'm, I'm thinking about that, and I'm listening to you in terms of uh, an individual that you are forgiving prior to the offense, I'm like, okay, that is a muscle that you're practicing every single day without fail. And it takes mental discipline. So what yeah. what what are some common myths about mental discipline that you'd like to share? Because you know, there's some people that really believe like, well, all you have to do is just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and just do it like Nike says, like, just do it. Is that real? Is that realistic? Or, you know, is that a myth when it comes to mental discipline? Mental, mental discipline. Some people are born with uh, their personality are disciplined or uh, a disciplined type of personality. And some people are born and they're more, flighty, they're more fun-loving, and they have no discipline. They're just everywhere. But this person that, that has no discipline, they're really, really exciting to be around, but probably not the most exciting person to be married to. <laughs> uh, you have some people that they they write contracts, and you have other people that write a contract on the napkin. So I think that it's a, it's a personality. But when you, um, when you, when, when you want to be successful in life, and I believe that my success started with Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, that I had to, the, even the word disciple means a well-disciplined follower. These are traits that can be learned. This is a skill 
Uh, it's almost like playing the piano. Some people are born and they come out of the womb and they can just start plucking those keys. But then there are other people that they have to go through the process of learning and being taught. That's a skill. One is a gift. They were born with it. The other, you have to, you have to skill it. Um, and I always say, skill it before you scale it. So um, we have to develop that skill if we're not born with it. And I was born without it. But I learned it through tragedy. I learned it through suffering. I learned it through pain. And I made pain a friend of mine rather than an enemy. You know what? That, ooh, wow. So, in other words, if you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth, if you believe that there are some gifts or abilities that did not come to you naturally, there's hope for you. Like you, oh yeah, you can just accomplish anything that you wish to create in your personal life. If as coach Ron says, you skill it first and then you scale it. Yes. Yes. I, I'll tell you what happened to me. Um, I didn't know because I was living in scarcity and that is the opposite. See, there's one side of your brain that's very creative. Another mm -hmm. side of your brain is just for uh, for uh, for survival. And my whole young life, I lived survival. I didn't know there was anything called creativity. And uh, because of that, Loretta, what I did is I was learning to live from day to day and never looking past the day. But after... I got rid of this heavy burden and this big load that I was carrying and the fear, fear is designed to paralyze you and it's very good at what it does. It paralyzes you and keeps you from going forward. Well, I was afraid of what tomorrow holds. Well, see, the thing now is, I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And he said he has thoughts and plans of me and they are good and not evil. So I can rest in the fact that I'm in good hands. So now my creativity has been released and I realized, man, I can write books. I can create, I can, I can invent things. I can, I can start a business. I can do all of these things and I can take chances realizing that God has got my back. He's holding me. And, uh, there is no bad outcome. It's only an experience. <laughs> so for all our listeners out there, listen, you just got to start. You just got to start. Whatever yes. your creativity is, your heart's calling, your soul's desire, you know what it is. If you be still and listen to your heart, there is a God-given purpose that's given to you and only to you on this earth that you must fulfill. If mm. you listen to it and you pay attention to it, and then just keep putting one foot before the other. You doesn't have to be perfect. You just got to take the action. Oh, gosh, that's so beautiful. That is. Uh, Can I tell you something, Loretta? Sure. You know, um, this is a Bible character. I think about Moses, how he was, he was born. He was given away as a child. And uh, he was given a vehicle, which was the basket. And he, he, he went down the Nile. And he was found by the Egyptians. They raised him. He was groomed to be the next king. I mean, he was smart. And um, he didn't know what his purpose was. But all he knew is he didn't like what was happening to the people that was his blood when he, when he, when he grew up. 
and he ended up killing an Egyptian because of it, because he wanted to set the children of Israel free and didn't know how to. So he killed uh, an Egyptian and set two Egyptians, I mean, two Israelites free. But when he went on the backside of the desert and developed a relationship with God, he came back and set two million people free. He found out what he was born to do. It was already inside of him. So with all of us, you said you have a purpose and you have to be still long enough to hear God's voice to find out what that purpose is. I didn't know that I had a purpose, so it made me suicidal. It made it, it created this deep hatred for myself. And even with your podcast, you said one of the things we need to do is to love ourselves. I hated Ron Williams. I hated spending time alone with him because I didn't like this guy. The world had taught me that Ron Williams was ugly. He was bad. He was worthless. Why is he even breathing? And I bought into that. That was my mindset. So my life reflected that. But when I decided that I was worth loving, when God loved me, I didn't even know it, but when he loved me, and then I found out that I was lovable and that I had worth. And one of the biggest lessons I learned was my worth didn't come from other people. It didn't come from applause. It didn't come from any of that. Any of that. But I found out my worth. And the way I found that out was whenever you go into a grocery store and you pick something up, uh, you want to know the worth of that thing. You look at the price. If it's a bar of soap and it costs uh, $2, then that's the worth. It's $2. Well, when I look at myself, what is my worth? What did God pay for me? He gave his only begotten son, heaven's best. Mm. That's my worth. Mm. Yeah, that's my worth. Well, Ron, you know, I could talk to you all evening. I just got a few more questions to ask you uh, (laughs) because I enjoy our conversations. But I know that in personal development, you coach individuals with empowerment, and there are four key areas that you work with individuals. Would you share a bit about each of those areas? Faith, family, fitness, and finances. Those are the four major areas, I think, of our lives. I can't find another one, but they just, uh, uh, all four of them start with F. And in that particular order, my faith, if I get my faith, where it needs to be, then it helps me to balance out the rest of my life and I'm not scattered. I like things close. Because I was um, I was abandoned as a child and I used to sleep, Loretta, with my bed next to the wall with a pillow in front of me. I like things close. I like to be, I like, I like really, really nice homes, but small homes uh, because I don't want any, my cars are always really, really small sports cars. Mm -hmm. because I like being close. And so um, that's that's bad for my wife because I really want a really tiny bed. (laughs) Uh, But um, she won't let me get away with that one. But uh, what I found is that with faith, family, fitness, and finances, there are the principles that work in my faith. It works in my family. Those same principles work in my finances, and it works in my fitness. And whatever principle it is, I learn to make it transferable. We talk about a champion life, and a champion life is having balance, not just winning a championship, 
because a championship is something you do. A champion life is who you are. And when a champion is who you are, that transfers into every area. So with faith, if I develop discipline, as I said, if a man suffers, if a man suffers, if a man of God, he shall suffer persecution. Well, I need, I need to know how to go through things. I need to know how to deal with pain. Mm-hmm. When it comes to fitness, I learned, I used to run races and win, and my body was not designed for it. I was not designed to win these races. But because I could manage the pain better than the next person, I was able to beat them in an area that they were designed to do. What does that look like? I used to run the 100 and the 200. They made me run the 400 because I could. And at the 300 mark, they say the monkey jumps on your back. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where the pain sets in, and everybody would just fall apart. But my thought process was, I'm going to win because I'm going to run until we hit the 300 mark. Then I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to manage the pain better than the next person. And I'm going to beat them. I was excited to get to the pain, not to run from the pain. I was running to the pain. So in a relationship, when things become a struggle, it's not time for me to stop. I'm just getting started (laughs) in my relationship with God. When the struggle, when the struggle gets hard, Hey, this is this is where this is where I'm at my best. So, and it's that way in business. I mean, whatever it is, the pain has now become my friend because of my thought process, and that is a principle that works across the board, not just in fitness, not just in family, but in everything. If me and my wife we get into a serious situation, that's when I roll my sleeves up, um, and that's what I tell the young people that we're. Actually, uh, Mary, I'm marrying a couple in Disney, in Disney World in a couple months. But one of the things I told them is a lot of people are ready to be um, a groom and a bride. But a husband and a wife is different. That's when you roll your sleeves up and it's time to get to work. Time because to get it's not busy. Going to be. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of those principles. I got it. One last question since you mentioned relationships and how long in, have you and your beautiful wife been married? We've been married 16 years. Oh, my goodness. So being a pastor, and I'm sure you've counseled couples and you're getting ready to marry a couple. I just got to know, this is one last question. What advice would you give to couples so that their marriage stays alive, juicy, and full of love? Especially with young couples. The most important relationship to God. Outside of your relationship with Him is the marriage. It's not your relationship with your kids. It's not your relationship with your parents. He says this. He says, leave your mother and father and cleave to your spouse. So what that simply means is the spousal relationship is a relationship that sets the precedent. You let your kids know this is my number one relationship. They're not. Because you're teaching them how to be married when they grow up. And you see what happens is parents sometimes, because they have kids, they spend their lives together raising those kids. And when the kids are gone, they don't even know each other. Mm. And see, if there's a struggle in the relationship, if if the child gets in trouble, the parents run to help the children. But when the marriage relationship gets, when the marriage relationship gets in trouble, if you haven't been doing what it requires to build that relationship, you have nothing to fall back on. So build that marriage relationship 
and love the kids together and uh, raise those children, but don't neglect that relationship with your spouse. That's the number one relationship in God's eyes on the planet. It's the covenant relationship. Coach Ron Williams, you are the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation. It is beautiful. Um, And I'd love to have you back on my podcast show in the future. But right now, I just want to say thank you for all that you do. Is there anything else you'd like to share? One is I'd like to say that uh, I really appreciate you, Loretta, for who you are. And when I talk about champions, um, when we write the definition of champion, I think we ought to put Loretta somewhere in that definition because you're a good example that, that I've seen through the years that I've known you. And I just love you and you are blessed. I'm glad you're doing this. Ah, Coach, that means a lot. Thank you so much. You know, when, I, when I'm when i exercising in the morning, so you know I think about you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right, everyone, Uh, go to mamasoulwisdom.com if you want to learn how to do right by your family. I share old school wisdom for a new generation so that you can live your biggest and best life. Remember, love and light are healing forces. So go make a positive difference in someone's life today. Rise up and shine, rise up and thrive, rise up and succeed, and rise up and be who you were meant to be. This is Mama Soul Wisdom, founder of the I Am Love Movement, sending you compassion, acceptance, and forgiveness. Until next time, always remember to love yourself first. Thank you for tuning in to Mama Soul Wisdom's I Am Love Movement podcast. We hope that you have received a massive amount of value through the tips and tools provided here on today's episode. We look forward to helping you and your loved ones grow each and every day by sharing some of Mama Soul Wisdom. sure to sign up and register today to Mama Soul Wisdom's mailing list and tune in next time for our next episode of the I Am Love Movement podcast.